Hello, everyone. I'm so sorry I can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most is how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. That was Kobe Bryant. Remember, do what you love, work hard at it, and you'll see results. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I've always been a Kobe fan, and that shit hit me hard yesterday. R.I.P. to Kobe. I love the way he played basketball. Um, he didn't make any excuses. He kept his teammates in line and checked them. Um, he was relentless. And to me, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT with no question. I mean, for heaven's sakes, he did a commercial with sane Kanye West. Not many people can say that. I'm so sad I'll never get to see Gigi in the WNBA. I'll never get to see her be triple teamed. A bunch of her teammates are open. She refuses to pass and instead elect to shoot a turnaround fadeaway jumper, and she makes it. Um, but the part I miss most is the mama mentality. Mama mentality, which means that you don't make any excuses. You work day in and day out on your craft, and you just expect and work for greatness. Um, so Mamba mentality, everybody, Mamba mentality, and also fuck Kobe's guidance counselor. Uh, our guest this week is Jason Saremba, and unfortunately for him, he happens to be the guest on the podcast the day after Kobe died. Um, so he's a great comedian. He makes me laugh. He has some great insight, but he's not Kobe Bryant. But he can be. He can be Kobe Bryant of bas of comedy if he works hard enough. Um, so, Jason, uh, sorry for your placement in episode chronological order. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, before I forget, I want to tell you, little mistakers, that Andrew and I appreciate you. Every time you listen, we thank you. Um don't let us ever think we take you for granted. Hell, if one of y'all need to borrow $5, email me. We'll make it happen. Um, that's how much we appreciate you. So thank you for listening, and thank you, Jason. I usually write this shit down. Today I didn't, uh, so I'm sorry it's all over the place. And again, fuck Kobe's guidance counselor. I might make that a hashtag. Welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast. I'm here with Jason Zaremba. What up? What's up? And I'm here with Andrew Drew Gleasy Gleason. That's me. <laughs> uh, what's up, man? Both of you. Uh, not much. I'm just appreciating Andrew's new nickname. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, what's your nickname? 
Don't have one. Don't have one. J Train. J Train. J Train. I got called that once and I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> your, your last name is unique, so I think we should go off that. Like, uh, Zaremba, Mamba, uh, Zumba. I don't know. No, yeah. Well, all the things you just said <laughs> are names I've accidentally been called. Okay. Like, I've seriously gotten, like, every, like, Zarumba, Zarimba, Zabumbala, Zarumbi. Like, it's insane how people don't know how to pronounce it. You should say you're from part of Africa or something. Like, you're the... I, I fucking... Well, I one time, I, uh... I forgot what grade this was. I think it was, like, sixth or seventh grade. And, like, it was, like, the first day of school. And the teacher's, like, calling roll. And, uh... She's like just going on like, all right, like Alexis Adams, yada yada, and then like I'm at the end of the list. She goes Jason Zarimba, and I'm like here, and she's just like, mm. <laughs> just like no, you're not white. Yeah. I was like, I thought I was. That's weird. Uh, so tell me about yourself, because apparently, like, either one of you reached out to the other one and said, like, I know you've made mistakes before. Uh, <laughs> uh, you look like a mistake maker. I look like I, I am a mistake maker. I think we're all mistake. I think anyone that does stand up, like, <laughs> it didn't go well. At some point, you <laughs> fucked up to get you to the path to stand up. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about that, like, recently. It was like, how far back did the journey to a stand up be? Like, oh, was it when I dropped out of college? Was <laughs> when I sucked in high school? Was it all the way back? And yeah, you'd have to go very far back to get to where. <laughs> I have to like if I had a time machine and it's like I'm gonna go fix all my mistakes I'd be gone for like 80 fucking years <laughs> <laughs> would you still do stand up like or would you if you had a time machine would you tell your old self to do stand up definitely okay yeah or I don't know because like uh, I was a musician for like years and years before I did stand up and like part of me thinks like I should go like I would have gone back and told myself earlier to do stand up so I'd be better at it now. But then also I, I wouldn't have gone down the same path. You know? Like if, if you go back and erase all your past mistakes, you just like erase yourself. True. You know what I mean? What would you tell your past self? Ooh, so much. <laughs> so much. Well see, like my I didn't end up doing stand up because of mistakes per se. I can trace back to uh like first grade talent show, even then I signed up and I got on stage and I did the cucumber song from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And I was like, you know what these people will appreciate? An eight-year-old doing like this layered, ironic, repetitive song. And uh, I ate an entire cucumber and I got off stage and I'm pretty sure people were like, that kid is not all there. Let's watch him. Let's watch him. What do the, like the teachers think about that? Were they kind of like, "Oh, we get it"? Yes, because I was, I was hell. <laughs> I, yeah, I <laughs> pants the teacher, threw spaghetti on a teacher. I you pants the teacher? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know when I would go back in time to. I think it would be, it would be, it would be first year of high school when I was starting to listen to other people's opinions because yeah. before I had not given a fuck. I would just be like, continue being you from middle school and don't give a fuck about people's opinions. Wow. I would never tell myself to keep being me from middle school. <laughs> like, me from, like, middle school to, like, two years after college is, like, no, erase that portion of yourself. That's, you don't want to be... Get that shit that. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty... 
I was a pretty terrible person until I was like 24. <laughs> <laughs> Same. You ever wish you could just go back in time and kick your own ass? Yes. I think about that <laughs> so often. I was that 19-year-old who uh, carved anarchy signs into his desk but still supported Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all need an ass whoopings. It's just no one ever did it. And that's the problem with oh. society. So I'm going to the flip <laughs> We need more bullying. Yeah, we need more bullying. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, for me, high school is when I started wearing long T-shirts. Like, I was, I wanted to be mm-hmm. a gangster. So, like, all my T-shirts were, like, 3XLs. Like, huge. And I thought that made me a thug at the time. Yeah. yeah. I would erase that part. Yeah. Well, when I was a little kid, I wore FUBU. You did? For yeah. us yeah, well, it was because, like, my mom was at some, like, outlet mall, and, like, they were, like, on sale, and so, like, she was like, oh, FUBU, that's a fun name, and she, like, brought them to me, and my brother were, like, like nine and seven years old, and we just thought they were cool jackets, we were like, oh, this is great, and then, like, I forgot who specifically it was, but it was, like, some, like, black kids on the bus were just like, why are you wearing that? I'm just this chubby, little, like, Jewy... Like, as white as that wall. Like, I'm pale now, but when I was a kid, I was seriously, like, neon white. <laughs> and just wearing a FUBU jacket, not knowing it was wrong. For me, it was shacks. I uh, had shacks. I had shacks, too. <laughs> and so I was, like, I was in, like, Payless because Shaq made affordable shoes. Mm-hmm. So I was in Payless, and I was like, holy shit, I can afford shacks? And I was like, I'm going to be the most popular kid and so I got some shacks and I got roasted Damn. because everyone knew shacks were cheap and I did not. And the knockoff chucks that they didn't have the star on them, <laughs> but you can get them. They were just like regular looking Converse's. They weren't Converse's. You bought them at Walmart and uh, kids were brutal. Oh, kids are the worst people. Well, you could get fake Jordan. So I got some fake J's for mm-hmm. 30 bucks and then try to play basketball in them. And they fell apart. And oh, yeah, man. come on, Chinese. <laughs> was that like you, you? It was like they broke apart, like in one jump. Or no, was no, no. It a they, gradual... my feet were hurting, and they slowly started coming uh, unwound. After a week, they were just pretty much done. Now, I mean, you look at Zion; he blew out his shoe in one game. Yeah, it's shoe technology isn't really gotta, advancing. You got to step that up. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. Like, where did you grow up? Like. Um, Who I was, are you? Yeah, I was born in uh, New Jersey, okay. and then moved down here when I was like really little, and uh, so then yeah, mainly grew up in Raleigh, uh, Jewish uh, surprise. Uh, so like, what high school did you go to? I went to Millbrook. Okay. Yeah. Cool. My yeah. bus stop was at Millbrook. Yeah, uh, I did not enjoy that place. <laughs> <laughs> I lived across the street from Millbrook. Really? But yeah. you didn't go there. No, uh, Millbrook High, yeah. over by Six Forks or wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when I was at Dill. No, not Dillard. Uh, Poe Elementary off of Pool Road. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I used to hang out there. Okay. So were you? When did you first? You said you were a musician at first, right? Mm-hmm. Tell tell us about that. Well, I. Uh, I've always been like a, you know, like everyone loves music and shit. And then like, I think like uh, School of Rock came out in like 2003. And like immediately after seeing that, I was like, I want to be in a band and like be a <laughs> musician Black and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I was just like, man, I want to be Jack Black. And so like, I went through like these phases as kids where like whoever my hero was, I would become them. Like when I was a little kid, I'd be like Robin Williams 
and you know, I'd do coke and shit. And <laughs> like, when I was in like, man, I think I was in third grade when I first saw Ace Ventura. And so I was just Jim Carrey for like five years of my life. <laughs> they had to watch you at the zoo, make sure you try not to like. Yeah, up well, I wore asses. the I wore the fucking Hawaiian shirts. I tried to get my hair all weird and like, uh, I thought I was just obsessed with Jim Carrey for like those years. And uh, what was the original question? <laughs> oh, it was talking about, oh, your interest in music. Oh, music, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, when, like, School of Rock came out, I was uh, I was in, like, the attic with, like, my dad for some reason looking, like, we were, like, I don't know, doing something in the attic, and I saw he had an old bass guitar. And, like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, why does that guitar only have four strings? And so he showed me, it and I started playing it. And then, like, I, like, just kept, like, kept playing and playing, and I taught myself how to... Because I didn't really have many friends in middle school, so I pretty much just spent, like, every moment of my life in my room playing bass, trying to learn how to play, like, ACDC and, like, Guns N' Roses and all that kind of... Every song on the School of Rock soundtrack, essentially. <laughs> and uh, then when I was in high school, I uh, ran into, like, this dude I went to preschool with, and he, like, started a band, and so I started playing with them, and, like... Uh, Went through, like, a billion lineup changes and name changes and everything, but we were just, like, yeah, we were, like, playing music uh, throughout that. And that was, like, my goal in life. I wanted to be a musician more than anything. And then I um, dropped out of college, played in a different band with some people that, like, I didn't really like that much, <laughs> but, like, they wanted to play the same music. And then, like, after one show, I was, like, yeah, no, fuck this. I'm going to be a stand-up or something. I'm going to do something that I don't have to rely on four other alcoholics to get anything done. You only rely on one. Yeah, only one. I'm not even an alcoholic. Congratulations. That's what, that's what, yeah, that's what surprises people because I always have a PBR on stage because okay. like, my mouth gets dry very easily. And so then people, and I'm like screaming on stage a lot, so people think I'm like a, a drunk when that was only like for like three or four years. <laughs> okay. How'd you get past that? I just stopped. Word, I, used, I used to like get drunk like all the time for a couple of years, but then like I just kind of got, it gets to a point where like you don't even enjoy it anymore. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well <all right. laughs> comment. I still enjoy it. <laughs> I'm not allowed to, but yeah. uh Yeah. Not allowed to. Like, you got some legal trouble or something, or you're just... Oh, no. If I... I'm just an alcoholic. Oh, okay. So if I yeah. engage, then I'll typically engage way too much. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was never the PBR guy. I was, like, full bottle of whiskey guy. Oh, okay. Which... Everything is improving now that I've stopped, so... Yeah, maybe, that's good. Maybe that's the secret to comedy. Secret sauce? Yeah. So when you when you were giving up music, was that tough? I mean, it was a transition. Yeah. I think, like, I, I, cause, like, I've always, like, I've also always been a fan of stand up since I was, like, a little kid. And so I started writing comedy when I was in high school and, uh, never really did anything with it except for, like, I'd write things and, like, make my friends laugh. And then eventually I was like, yeah, maybe I can, like, do both. You know, like, I'll be a stand up that also plays music. And then, like, eventually I was like, no, I'm just going to do straight up stand up. And then literally, like, the next week after my last show with that band, like I just went to Good Nights and did the open mic. Okay. How'd it go? Wasn't that bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people are either like 
It's very rare that I talk to a, a comedian who's been doing it for a while where their like first open mic didn't at least go okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I uh, went up and I know I didn't do horrible. Yeah. I remember getting some laughs. And then uh, after like I got off stage, uh, Chuck Royalston uh, came up to me and said, like, well, that was good. Is that really like your first time doing stand up? And I said, yeah, I figured, you know, I'd come up and I'd try it. And if it didn't go well, I'd go home and kill myself. <laughs> and like he gave me that like, <laughs> oh, you're probably serious. Uh, Let me encourage him. Yeah. But then, yeah, the rest is like, yeah, I just kept going up, doing stand up. It's it's the best. It's the best to get like to get a laugh from like a whole group of people you don't know is like an orgasm. It's amazing. Agreed. It's like a, it's like a it's like a step below an orgasm. Like orgasm is ten. People laughing at my jokes nine point nine. Look, we all have our priorities, McNeil. <laughs> what if you could do both though at the same time? Yeah. If I could have a girl laughing and coming at the same time. Yeah. Uh, well, usually you don't want a girl laughing during sex because I'll throw in a punchline every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've been doing stand up what six years now? Yeah. How was the journey? Uh, I mean, long, a lot of, like, a lot of, like, mistakes. Like, you go down so many shitty avenues of, like, comedy. Like, oh, maybe I'll be, like, this kind of stand-up. Or maybe I'll do, like, this. Like, yo, I remember one time I did this, um, I was at this open mic in Chapel Hill, actually. And, uh, I just, like, went up and did this, like, voice that was, uh, just like being like, I thought it would be funny just to be like a like a black comic, like, yo, what's up? Like, just doing all this like dumb shit and say like, bitches be all up in my dick. They be in my dick. And like this, just ridiculous and dumb and like only funny to me. And it was bombing horribly. And then uh, Steve Brady gets on stage and says like, don't you guys wish that Jason's grandparents died in the Holocaust? <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately was like, okay. Noted. Don't do that again. <laughs> just try. Just do regular stand-up. <laughs> uh, at least you learned your lesson, though. Like, I feel like sometimes comics will keep trying something even though mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah, because they think that, like, oh, it's it's the audience. You blame the audience every time. You never blame the audience. Well, I mean, that's the instinct. But, I mean, the fact is, if you have any self-awareness, you should know that you should at least be able to read the room and adapt. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say never blame the audience. Cause I mean, there's some, are some audiences that just completely like, there's no way you're going to win them. Over. Barring like a bar where like the audience didn't even know stand up was happening that night. Yeah. But if people paid a ticket, paid for a ticket to come see comedy, they want to laugh. And if you're not making them laugh, then that's kind of on you. Well, I was, at um, I was doing this show out in Clayton one time I was hosting and, uh, it was my first time, like, hosting a weekend. And so, like, you know, I wore, like, a nice shirt. I was on my A game. I, like, the f there were two shows. First show, fucking phenomenal. It wasn't, like, sold out, and it wasn't a kill, but it was a great set. There was, like, a heckler. I, like, handled that well. And then the second show, um, it was, like, eight people. And it was, like, like, two different tables of, like, picture, like, the average person in Clayton. It was eight of them. And I'm on stage, and I'm wearing, like, a nice shirt. I'm doing my jokes. Like, half of them were about religion, 
Uh, and so, like, I'm, like, doing my... And in the middle of my set, I know peep, they hate me. They hate me. Like, it, not just, like, they don't like my jokes. Like, I can feel hatred coming from them. <laughs> and so, like, I get off stage, and, like, the manager comes up to me. He's like, Oof. And I'm like, yeah, what, what was up with that? Like, what, like what, they were giving me absolute nothing. He was like, oh, yeah, they thought you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the, you can blame the crowd at that one. I right. Think. <laughs> like, I mean, there's there, exceptions. There are some, there are, are always exceptions. Yeah. I just, uh, it is tough. Are you looking at me for? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have an anecdote? Uh, I have that, uh. I think that you can be in front of the wrong crowd for your jokes. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there's nothing you can do because you have this particular joke set that is not going to resonate with this crowd. You know what I have been doing for the last month? What's up? Approaching every show with two different sets. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. But what yeah. if both sets don't resonate with the crowd? Like, this is not going to happen. Well, then you're shit out of luck. Yeah, then you're shit yeah. out of luck. Yeah. I at least have that backup to be yeah. like, all right, they are not responding to, like, depression material. So I have this yeah. whole five-minute chunk of, you know, other shit that I'm going to switch to. And also, the best way to grow as a person, even outside of stand-up, is just to blame yourself. I think Because so. then you can, like, fi- find some way to fix it or, you know, control it. It's accountability. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? Ultimate accountability or supreme ownership? That uh, Jocko uh, stuff, extreme ownership. Extreme ownership, yeah, where you yeah. take blame for everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I take blame for everything. I am. Uh, it's my fault. Uh, I can't say anything that's wrong right now, but whatever's wrong, I'm <laughs> taking responsibility for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are hitting the new year. Are you a big New Year guy? Ah, uh, not really. Yeah. Not really. I mean, like, I kind of have, like, resolutions for myself at least once a year, but it's never around New Year, really. Except, like, I, uh, first time I quit smoking cigarettes was, like, around New Year, but it wasn't on purpose. I didn't know that. I just gave you a cigarette earlier. Yeah, well, you, you fucked me up. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, like, I'll, like, I kind of quit cigarettes in that, like, I'm not buying and I'm not regular. Like, in the past month, I maybe smoked three. Yeah. So I feel like I'm good, you know? Like, if I'm not regularly doing it, I'm just, like, oca- occasionally I'll have one. Because I feel like a lot of the problem people run into with, like, quitting cigarettes is they'll be like, all right, today, from this day forward, zero. And yeah. then they set such a hard rule that it's hard to keep with it if you still have that urge in you. you yeah. Know? So then you go back to doing it regularly, as opposed to, like, you know, cutting down over time. I'm trying. I got the patches in the car. Yeah. I'm about to make that switch. My issue before is like every time I stop cigarettes, I just end up switching to Dutches and Backwoods, which have way more nicotine in them. Yeah. <laughs> and they take longer to smoke, but I'm actually upping my dosage, which is just the opposite of what I want to do. Uh, what happened to uh, what were Declare it December. Declare it December. I was supposed to quit this month. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That was, didn't, do, I, yeah, I failed. That's okay. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with failing. How many more days are left in December? What, three, four? Can you declare three days? Shit. Well, yeah, I guess I can start the patch tomorrow. How many times have you, like, tried to quit? Because no one's ever, ever, like. really tried. Okay. Because, yeah. like, as far as I know, no one's ever, like, 
tried to quit and their first time it was successful and they never touched a cigarette again. Like it takes a couple tries to because withdrawals yeah. are a fucking bitch. Yeah, the longest I think was probably like ten hours. But uh, who you know what? I'll switch. I'm gonna start on the patch tomorrow. A friend of mine gave me the patches. Oh, word. So I got a whole box of them. The phase one, they're like the strongest possible. Because I, I smoke pack to a pack and a half a day. So I figure that's decent. So mm-hmm. like slap that on. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do it. Declare it in December. Declare By the time December. this comes out, I'll, I'll uh, place your bet. <laughs> You're just smoking a cigarette in the middle <laughs> of the after. It didn't work out. That's the beauty of the... Uh, the podcast format is just like, well, yeah, I'm totally clean. Haven't <laughs> smoked in. Uh... Let's talk about some of the mistakes you've made. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, like I said before in that, like, I think uh, things like, like going to college, I think, was kind of a mistake for me in a way. And that going into it, I knew I didn't want to go to college. But, like, in high school, I was so goddamn miserable that, like, every adult in my life was like, oh, you're going to love college. Oh, yeah, high school sucks. But when you're, like, you know, doing harder classes and you're forced to live with these fucks, it's going to be a lot better. <laughs> you're going to enjoy it so much more. But, like, I, I knew I didn't want to. Um, and so then, like, I went and I had some fun. Like, I made some good friends while I was out there. But... uh Still, like, if I were to, like, back then, I would have, well, thinking about it, I would, I should have, like, not gone to college. But then again, like, now, like I said earlier, like, if I didn't go to college, then, then I wouldn't be who I am today. Okay. You know? Just saving a whole bunch of money on tuition. You well, my parents that. paid for it, which oh, is kind of yeah. how I'm a dick, was like, because it was just like, oh, we got, like, all this money saved up for you to go to college. And I was like, nah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do a semester and then you know drop out is that how it. long you made it i made i i made it like a week like like i was i was there for a semester but like the i think it was like the third day of classes i was like yeah no fuck this the second the Damn. second my like i think it was like my english professor said all right if you look at your syllabus i was like i'm not doing any of this <laughs> like, this, this, this sucks this. i could be done to write 20 pages tomorrow fuck you well you i mean that's kind of a a nice thing of you to not you know not postpone it draw it out and like you just you saved them some money by dropping yeah. out immediately yeah i guess I mean, they got to spend all of it on my sister, so you know, good for her. <laughs> what uh, what what school? I went to UNCG. Okay, hey. Yeah. How was the conversation with your parents saying it's not for you? It went over great, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, cause my entire—I I don't know if you guys, but like, the entire childhood is like you're going to college, you're getting good grades, so you can go to college. You need to go to a good college. You need to go to college, 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 college. And then, like, I mean, like, at the time, like, I wanted to be a musician. I didn't really, like, even as, like, a backup plan, I couldn't really think of anything I'd want to do that would require a college degree. Like, there was part of me that wanted to be, like, a history teacher or something. But, like, I didn't really feel it enough. Like, I didn't want to be a history teacher enough to go to, like, four to five or however many years of school to do that and then get paid, like, $3 a year. And, um... 
But what but what is it like like realizing you're about to disappoint someone? Like how do you brace for that? Oh boy. Uh <laughs> realizing you're about to disappoint someone. I mean I mean it feel well when you're like a teenager, you're not really thinking about consequences or anything. So like I was just kind of uh, at the time, just like, yeah, I'm going to be like a musician or something. Like, they, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand, <laughs> which I just thought of, by the way. And, uh, but like, yeah, but disappointing your parents is something that, like, I, I hate to do. Because, like, ga- like, they gave you life. They gave you everything, like, that they could, hopefully. And then, like, you're just going to say, like, nah, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to make some music that, like, it's just hardcore punk, and you guys wouldn't be caught dead listening to. Well, they enjoyed giving you life. Like, the process of giving you life, Oh yeah, hopefully they enjoyed. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. People get, like, uncomfortable about, like, their parents having sex, and I fucking hope my parents are having sex, because I want them to be happy. Yeah. Hope they're getting it in. Yeah. Often. Well, not my parents. Hope my parents are not getting it in. Well, that's a, yeah, that's an... It's a whole different situation. <laughs> <laughs> but if your parents are still together, you should want them to. Yeah, I hope they're doing it right now. Yeah. I, hope, I, hope, I, I hope they are going rough right now. <laughs> how do they feel about you? Uh, obviously, it's been, what, I don't know how old you are. but I'm 25, so yeah, that was like seven years ago. Yeah, and uh, I take it they've come around. They haven't disowned you, stopped talking to you. No, because from... I think like ultimately they just want me to be happy. And so... Uh, once I started stand up, like I, I could tell they were kind of not super into it. But then I think the first time they saw me perform, they were like, "Oh yeah, we're totally supportive of you doing this." And uh, so now that they come <laughs> around, how does that feel? I mean, it feels feels good. It's nice that I'm doing something that like uh, that my parents are actually like kind of proud of. Like uh, when I uh, like when I talked about like moving to Atlanta and moving to like a bigger scene and actually wanting. To do something, they like they're pretty excited. Hell yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just nice to see. I think anybody involved uh, definitely wants to see uh, results, for lack of a better term, from like all of the labor that goes into this. I mean, yeah, yeah. Five years of open mics and an occasional booked show with twelve people in the audience doesn't, (laughs) you know? I I like. I enjoyed our, uh, like, half-hour show. I enjoyed the fuck out of that. And that was like, a lot of fun. Yeah, upon later reflection, I think I enjoyed it more with the five or so people, however many were there, than if it was, like, a big crowd. Because then I feel like there would have been pressure to actually, like, do, you know, do the hits and, like, be, and, like, kill and everything, whereas I just had fun. Yeah, it was 30 minutes of... Just whatever stage time. Yeah. And it was it was nice. I like I played the piano and shit. I don't even yeah. know how to play a piano. Were your I just parents like, right? there? No, they weren't there. No. Um I don't think anyone's parents were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a fun show. Because sometimes when you're at a show and it's like you've got five people, but they are into it. Yeah. Like they're down for like whatever. Like if I were to go see like uh, if I were to go see like Bad Religion at a show and it was me and like four other people, I'd be like, "This is about to be the best fucking show ever." Because mm-hmm. we're it's just it's more intimate, you know. And I am essentially Bad Religion of comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is Bad Religion? A punk band. Okay, they're like uh, uh, ACDC, or <laughs> Green Day. I'm trying to get the realm. 
Uh, uh, panic what at was disco. that? Eight, seven. They eight? are a bad religion. Is actually a Panic at the Disco cover band. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. From yeah. the late seventies. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know if I can name a bad religion song. Oh, there's uh, American Jesus, Sorrow, New Dark Ages. I missed the punk thing. I went straight to thrash. Yeah. 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 I was in metal for a bit, but then I got more into punk. Yeah. Yeah. Like what bands? Um, I have a Megadeth tattoo. Oh, shit. And uh, so Megadeth was the big one. And after that, I got into more progressive stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's always been Primus? like. No. Oh, uh, shit. Heavier. Okay. Then Lamb of God, stuff like that. So. Right. And now I'm at a comfortable uh, Mega Man alternative rock cover band. So I pulled way back. Okay. Yeah, I like video game music now. Yeah. Are, we, are we trying to throw our rock stats around? <laughs> I saw you on Spotify listening to some rock. Oh, you did? What was I listening I to? Uh, I've never heard of them. Okay. Wait, you can see what, pe- like, just what people are listening to on Spotify? Yeah, you can follow each other and, like... It'll be. It'll show a little picture of like everyone you follow and what they're listening to. Wow, that feels kind of invasive to me. Yeah, I think because <laughs> yeah. you can also follow each other's playlists. Uh, because like I don't want like because like ninety percent of the time it'll be missing me listening to like oh yeah like Bad Religion or I think I like, do four years strong. I think and I do shit. follow and then you. Every once in a while it'll be like oh, I'm listening to Backstreet Boys Millennium. I don't want my friends to know <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't think you should be ashamed. Yeah. Oh, I listen to Celine Dion proudly. <laughs> that is my secret. Heart not will go secret. on. Nah, not even that. Uh, a new day has come. <laughs> you it's, you listen to like the deep cuts. Yeah, you like, like her early stuff. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about her child. A new day has come, and uh, what's the second one I listen to? I listen to my heart will go on every now and then. New day has come. Uh, and then it's something like. It's what it is or something. I just bump it. Um, I listen to No Doubt. No Doubt's doubt's good. Yeah. Which one? That one album with uh, I'm Just a Girl, Don't Speak. You know that big one. Don't speak. You know (laughs) what? It's so catchy. It's so catchy. I I really like Spiderwebs by them. Yeah. Yeah. I I like anything with a minor key. Hmm. There was actually, there was actually, um, and I, like I listened to it because it has a sample of like, you ever listen to Talking Heads? Yeah. Fucking like Talking Heads, Psycho Killer. That bass line is sampled in a uh, Selena Gomez song. Nice. And so like I like just out of curiosity listened to the song, and I was like, this actually isn't a bad song. Yeah. Like I'm not regularly listening to it, but I was like, yeah, I didn't hate that. Some of those people have some catchy ass songs. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll see a lot of show tunes on mine too. Okay. I I like show tunes, yeah. musicals and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting out of it, but I'm still a fan of gangster rap. I <laughs> like to believe that these people are out there killing people on a regular yeah. basis. And we're back to Panic at the Disco. Once again. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the other mistakes you've made along the way, not just having to do with comedy, but mm-hmm. just in general. In general. Mistakes. Like when's the time you're like Jason fucked up, and you fucked up so much that you're using your name in the third person? Like, (laughs) man, that's the thing is like I I have made so many like I made mistakes in my life. I've had a ton of embarrassing moments, but like when someone asks me like directly what 
is it? Like, I can't think of any. Fair enough. Like, man. Hmm. We'll, we'll just start shouting out uh, subjects. Uh, car <laughs> wrecks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually, I think that's actually a good one. Because um, when I was a junior in high school, I uh, went had to go to this... I don't even remember what it was supposed to be. It was some, like, extracurricular thing at, like, 6 in the morning at someone's house. I think it was, like, I don't know, some kind of uh, fun drive or, I don't know, some dumb fucking thing that I didn't even want to go to. But I was going uh, with my sister, and I had to drive. And so I uh, drove uh, with my sister, and, like, we were at a uh, intersection that, like, I had a stop sign, and I, it was, like, 6 in the morning. I stopped at the stop sign. I roll forward, and then we get T-boned. And, like, I get, like, I get a ticket for it, even though I wasn't at fault, really. Like, the person, it was, like, 6 in the morning. They didn't have their lights on. They hit me. Like, I was 16. That's the only real reason that I was blamed for anything. But, like, but, I mean, then also, like, you know, I like, blame yourself. There's things I could have done and everything. But um, then, yeah, like, at the time, it was like, goddamn, this fucking sucks. Why did I have to get in this car wreck? Because then, like, the car was totaled, and I had to be without a car for a while. But then, like, the silver lining or whatever there is that, like, I had to start getting rides from friends. And so I uh, got a ride from this guy that I, like, kind of knew through, like, my friend group. And now he's, like, one of my best friends. Because we used to, like, he used to just give me rides home from school, and we'd, like... Just fucking talk about, like, Avengers and everything. And now we fucking saw almost all the Avengers movies together. Shout out Dovey. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, that That car was meant to hit you. It was. It was It was meant to be. Yeah, if you had a time machine, you would just watch yourself get T-boned in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even warn yourself. Not even warn myself. I'd just watch. Are you a safer driver now? Yeah, I'm definitely a safer driver. But have you have have you ever heard of fucking Darren Brown? No, no, oh, dude, fucking he uh he's a psychological illusionist, which is like when you say like it's like kind of a magician. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> but, what that means. Like, but like it all has to do with like the human mind and like the power of suggestion and shit. And he like had this show called Trick or Treat. Like he he did this thing on Netflix recently where he like got a guy. Or it's about trying to get a guy who's, like, a Trump-supporting, like, immigrant hater uh, to get him to take a bullet for an illegal immigrant. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That dude, he's... After watching that, I saw, like, everything he's ever did. And he's done, like, hours of fucking shit. He did one with this woman where she, like, texted while she drove or something. And he, like, staged an out-of-body experience for her. Where, like, he kind of, like, she was driving, and then he, like, you know, did that, um, fucking, like, hypnosis thing where you make them, like, go to sleep, and then, like, you know, got the car to stop, and then, like, he, like, staged, got someone that looked like her to be, like, in the car, and, like, make it look like there's a crash, and, like, have her just standing on the side of the road, unable to do anything, and, like, fucking... He's fucking with people's minds, man. Dude, he's he is a genius. I would be so mad. Wait, who is this guy? Darren Brown. D-E-R-R-E-N Brown. He's got, like, three things on Netflix. One is about, uh, like, getting the dude to take a bullet from an illegal immigrant. 
One of them is about um, like getting some, getting like a person to kill someone else. Just getting like a random person to like get them into a situation where they're, and it's all of it's it's mind blowing. It's all about like the stories we tell ourselves, the power of suggestion. He does shit where like he gets a guy to eat glass and not feel it. Yeah. It is yeah. a infinitely funded autistic prank show. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Essentially. I mean, the power of suggestion is crazy though. Like mm-hmm. didn't they they've done psychological studies where they were like told someone that they were shocking someone and everyone yeah. was doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And people kept doing it past lethal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because everyone yeah. wanted to fit in. And yeah. Well like that when whenever I hear about that, I the the problem I have with that study is like it is kind of like yeah, like it's shocking that people actually were like no pun intended actually were willing to like give the ultimate shock and everything but like i don't think that's blanket like authority because it's a scientist that they're taking the order from so like i feel like that's not just authority that's like oh if a scientist is doing it this must be for a good cause if it was like a cop telling people to do that shit well actually no because then you'd be afraid of getting see i don't know i think they i don't know they picked I think the issue with those are they they get the type of people who would sign up for studies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I feel like you you go to any especially younger people too. I mean, I would like to see an 18-year-old put in that room. I'm like, no fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a 10 times better study right. if they just took like the detention at a local high school. Yeah. And we're like, hey, press this button. You press the button. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> no, don't nobody tell me to push buttons. I'm not going to press that button. Dude, my, well, I'll push your button. Dude, do, selfish. You, do you guys have that in you, though, to where, like, it's like that thing. I think I saw a meme or something of it, but it was like um, you're sitting there, and it's like, all right, I'm going to go up. I'm going to I'm going to go do the dishes. The dishes need to be done. I'm going to go do it. And then the next thing is like, hey, honey, can you do the dishes? I was like, well, now I'm not. Now I'm not going <laughs> to. You know. That's how I am. Like, uh, yeah, if you tell me to do something that I was about to do, it will irritate Then you're not going to do it. Yeah. It will irritate yeah. the fuck out of me. Because I'm not in control anymore. Yeah. 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 I'll probably still do it, but I'll get irritated. Old me wouldn't have done it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'll get irritated. Well, I'd assume that that is some type of confrontational, like, uh, authority-driven issue. I think it's more about ego. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've, like, you know, the feel like we need to have to... Wow, that didn't even make sense as a sentence. But, like, the idea that, like, we have to be, like, in control of our own... Like it, like you were saying, like, I'm going to do the dishes. Then, like, your wife says, go do the dishes. It's like, now that bitch isn't going to tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly there are four holes in the wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't that's know. You, that's you punching the wall, right? Not you... Putting her head Domestically the wall. abusing. Right. No, okay, not good. At all. So you're not that canceled. You're still canceled. Yeah, still But not canceled. that canceled. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely have that, man. Because we're asked to submit so much. That's the yeah. one problem I have. Like, submit. I could be equals, but like all these jokes, which I always think there's truth in jokes about mm-hmm. like the the wife or one spouse running shit. Mm-hmm. I can't get down with that. And I know that I am set up to be ran because I don't give a fuck about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, oh, where are we going to dinner? I don't really give a shit. So yeah. I'd concede on so many things. Mm-hmm. What are we going to paint the walls? I don't really give a shit. 
I could see on so many things that like I'd ultimately end up being controlled yeah. because there's a lot of things that I was like, oh, I mm-hmm. don't care. Yeah, especially the like the painting the walls thing because yeah. when like every every fucking like movie. Or, or like TV show and shit where it shows like a montage of a couple like falling in love. It's like, oh, they meet and they fall in love and then they're painting the walls. But like they're not showing the argument right before they started painting. That's just it's just like, no, it has to be this color. What the fuck? No one cares if it's eggshell white or pearl white. They're both just white. I, you know. No relationship is 100% equal. It's not. Somebody's mm, wearing yeah. some, some pants. Yeah. That's why you divvy up the tasks necessary. You got to have the awareness to know. <laughs> Your marriage is going to go great, man. You're better at doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the way you wash. I'm horrible. <laughs> I, I changed the brake pads so we don't got to pay a super expensive mechanic. Yeah. You watched a lot of Karate Kid that yeah. wax on, wax <laughs> off, works really well on Yeah, you wash the dishes, you clean, I have sex with you. These are our roles. Yeah, who slaved for hours? Hours yeah. writing this new set that I'm not going to get paid to perform. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we we did car accident mistakes. Uh, overstepping your boundaries mistake. Overstepping boundaries. Or we can give them another uh, <laughs> category. Well, overstepping boundaries definitely, as far as like, I kind of like invited myself to someone's party one time, which like really it was like someone uh, it was like someone's birthday and like. Uh, that, like, I kind of knew, but then I was getting drunk with one of their friends the night before, and they were like, dude, this guy's having a party, you should, like, come through, and I was like, all right, yeah, and I, like, hit up the person, I was like, hey, man, cool if I come to your party tonight, and they, he lives out in, like, Greensboro, and he was like, you're gonna drive, like, an hour and a half to come to That's my party? not a yes. And, like, and I was like, no, man, I'll be in the area, I wasn't. <laughs> And so then, like, yeah, definitely overstepping bounds. And then, like, at the end of the night, it was like, hey, man, can I crash on your couch? But then also, like, I was just this, like, oblivious, like, oh, no, cool. We're, it's fun. It's a party. We're well, supposed to have fun. I didn't realize that I was overstepping any boundaries. That uh, whole I'm in the area thing is, like, makes me think back to, like, when you first start dating and you're trying to go on dates mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, Okay, well, you're in Chapel Hill. I'm in Raleigh, but that's not that far. Like, yeah, I'm going to be there anyway. I'm going to be there anyway. Yeah, I'm going to be there anyway. Yeah, like, uh, fucking. I lived in Granville Tower <laughs> with a girl I was dating. I didn't even go to school there. It's like, <laughs> all right, I'm just going to come up for the week. <laughs> just stay. I'll come up for the week. I'll get a hotel. Got that cafeteria food, man. So good. <laughs> you were set up. Ah, uh, the things we do for pussy. <laughs> Have you lost touch with anybody? Uh, is there somebody who used to be in your life that isn't anymore? Yeah. Um, I used to, when I was in high school, I had this buddy, Kyle, that was, like, my best friend that, like, has always been kind of, like, closed off. Like, it, he he wouldn't call you. You'd have to call him. Like, you'd, like, hang out and everything, but then, like, uh, he would just isolate himself from, like, everyone else, you know? And so, like, yeah, I haven't seen him in, like, years. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure he's still alive, I hope. But, <laughs> but What like, percentage do you think he's alive? Like, what would you 
You know what? He never really ran with a tough crowd or anything, so I'm going to say about 90. Okay, we have about 90%, 90% chance this yeah. dude is still alive. But then it's also, like, I, it, he doesn't have, like, a Facebook, or he doesn't have, like, a, a Instagram or anything, and that's how you know people are alive, yeah. is on their social media. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, I, like, recently I was, like, thinking, like, oh, I haven't seen him in a while, and so I hit up, like, his sister on Facebook and was like, hey, I haven't, like, seen him in a while. Do you have his, like, number? And then I saw she read it and then didn't reply. So now, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, it's like a 50-50 whether or not he's alive or dead. <laughs> Just like, oh, that's funny. You're going to hit me up about my dead brother. She thought you were hitting on him. Yeah. You, could, you could always Google him, look for obituaries. Oof, this got dark. <laughs> that is an opening, uh, an opening shot. Hey, I wanted to talk to you about your brother and how much I missed him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's meet up for coffee. <laughs> At the wake. At the wake. Okay. All right. So we got uh, overstepping your boundaries mistakes. Uh, you said you made a lot. Let's see if we have any other categories for you. Let me see. Uh, thievery. Never stolen anything? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. When I was actually, when I was a kid, I actually stole from him. When we were, like, little kids, he showed me his, like, gold quarter, gold coin, like, gold dollar collection or something. And I was just like, yeah, I'll take this. And then, and then, then like, you know, obviously, like, a day later, my parents are like, did you steal? I was like, no. Yeah, and they were they like, did. well, we're going to look through your room. It's like, you okay, you won't find it. They're just out on the counter because <laughs> I'm such a dumb shit. I was probably, like, six or seven. You know when, you like, you lie and you think that, like, that's it? You know, yeah, like you think it's like, oh yeah, I, yeah, I lied. They're totally fooled. They're not gonna understand. My parents literally got me a book about lying when I was like in kindergarten. Were you a compulsive liar as a kid? Not a compulsive liar. I just loved to lie. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to do homework, and the only way to get that accomplished is to lie. True. Very true. You know it's bad when your parents give you a, a book, book on lying. They're like, hey, yeah. you need to. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, what we're saying is it yeah. getting it across. Let me. <laughs> I can't reach even out. read. You're gonna have me learn how to read. <laughs> it was like, like it was like there was some series of children's books about like discouraging behavior because like I think it was called like Don't Tell a Fib on a Friday or some dumb shit. Right, today's <laughs> Thursday, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like being Catholic. You can't eat fish on Fridays. You can't yeah. uh, can't lie on Friday. There was a a brief joke about it earlier, but uh, what about love? Love. You been sweet love. From, I don't. I mean, we don't really know each other that well. Yeah. We run in the same scene. Shout out Triangle Comedy, best scene on the East Coast. Yeah, I forgot the cameras were here. Uh, <laughs> That's the point. Oh, all right. What about? Yeah, I, I I believe you're single. I don't know anything about your personal life. Yeah. Um. I mean, like I've been uh, seeing this girl lately, like for the past couple of weeks, but I'm also moving. So yeah, that has a that has a time, an alarm, a clock, or I, I don't know. There's a, there's a date on when that's gonna end. Expiration date. Yeah, yeah, expiration date. Yeah, I wish I knew words. Um, <laughs> what about um? I mean, we we're all at, you know at least twenty twenty eight thirty twenty five. Mm -hmm. Was there a big one? I've never really had a girlfriend. Um, but there was, like, this one girl I was seeing for a while in, like, this was, like, 
two years ago that like uh like every sign was pointing towards hey don't do this like she was like you know she was an alcoholic she uh, was going through like a breakup at the time and like uh, all this like uh, like all this other shit and but then like my dumb brain was like, no, it's going to work out. She's great. You're great. It's good. You're going to marry this woman, you know? But, um, well, there's actually, there's a fucking, uh, like this great Robin Williams, uh, joke where that's actually a scientific fact where he says, uh, God gave man a brain and a penis, but not enough blood to run both at the same time. <laughs> that's just true. That's a scientific fact. That's definitely been tested yeah. before in labs. Yeah. In, in a lot of labs yeah. In labs called life. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's been tested every time a dude wakes up. He's like, ah, shit. We need to have a talk, <laughs> you and me. So you were kind of blinded by the uh, the sex appeal? I was blinded by the idea of having regular sex and, like, being able to say I had a girlfriend. Yeah. And then, you know, she fucked someone else, and that uh, that, that really ruined the rest of the year for me. <laughs> really. That's actually around when, like, I stopped, uh, well, not stopped drinking, but, like... Uh-huh when I wasn't really getting drunk every day anymore. Because that just, like, hit me like a fucking truck. And then I was just like, all right, everything I was doing, I need to stop. Like, those were dark times. <laughs> that hurt, man. When your girl fuck someone else, yeah, it's... it's yeah. It stabs yeah. deep. You just, you assume he was better. You always I, assume. I didn't assume I knew. Oof. She told you, right? Yeah, cause Damn. I I was twenty, I was what twenty three, and it was like a forty five year old dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Now, now I, I I I'm cool with it. It was well, forty five experience. How, how was his lung capacity? Is the question? I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I never seen the dude. Everything in my brain was like, you got to protect yourself. So yeah. I don't know what the dude looks like. Okay. I cut off all social media. I was like, I just can't see nothing. So I I don't even know what this dude's name is. As but yeah, I I found out. Mm-hmm. She told me, and then she told me the truth. And I was like, you know what? We're good. Yeah. Like, and I mean, you just know because. It's completely evident that sex only gets better as you get older. It does. There, so he he had fifteen years. No, he had he's twenty. He's eighteen years older. Than eighteen me. years. Okay. Yeah. Of well, uh, so his pussy XP game was probably strong. Yeah, yeah. I, All right, I, yeah. That's really what it's matters. A, it's an experience thing. Yeah. I just made myself a promise that at forty three, in my <laughs> head, I will be so much better. <laughs> At sex than he is. It won't yeah. be a contest. Yeah. I'm out here screening all the yeah. time. Leveling up. I'm leveling up. <laughs> I want to see you go to one of those like <laughs> Tim Robbins fucking conferences and you're sitting in the front. He's like, what do you want? I want to be the best at fucking. <laughs> the best. Just bury him. Not the best. Just better than him. Yeah. No. You know you're what? like walking over the coals like with your dick hard. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm on a 39 year old level right now. Like I am. Okay. Yeah. You've, you've grinded it out. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I know, and it's, we're joking, but it's actually like kind of not a joke. Like I started right after that relationship, I started messing with older mm-hmm. women, and I was like very serious. Like, tell me, oh yeah, if yeah, I suck. yeah, like, you have to, you have yeah, to. like they will yeah. hurt your feelings. And Communication, not make a sound. Yeah, I which I'm okay with because 
sometimes you get the lady who's just too vocal and you're like, there's no way. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just rehearsed the scene from when Harry met Sally and she's face. <laughs> uh. yeah. But, yeah, but that I, is all, like, I feel like that is a driver for a lot of, uh, like, men, what we do is just, like, I want to be good at sex, I want to have sex and everything. That's why, like, that's why I feel like porn is so fucked up. It's, I had to stop watching porn because it's all, it's just false advertising about what sex is. All that, like, choke sex that's in porn. It's in like every. I I I just I, I you don't even have to click on anything. You go to the website. It's at the front page. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this like like you you watch the video at the beginning. It's like this like you know this beautiful woman like hi my name is Casey and then like five minutes later she's got like tears running down her face <laughs> and fucking. And it's just kind of like oh okay and then there's some there's some like twelve year old watching that thinking that's what sex is. I've got to the point where I don't click anything unless I like know the people or if it's you, amateur. You know the people. <laughs> well, like know, like I recognize the names. <laughs> I recognize the names. Like I know the quality of what I'm going to get. I only watch porn my friends are in. Okay. <laughs> you know, because uh, you can't. Be, you can click on the wrong thing. Like all of us have been burned from clicking on the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. You can. You I mean, especially see. back in the day with LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> That's the scariest part of the NSA. But uh so what would you say you learned from that though? You obviously you stopped drinking as much. You Really I learned to not have my happiness rely so much on another person. There you go. And to like enter not like uh like you know never trust a woman, but like just like don't uh put that much faith in one person you don't know that well, you know. Uh-huh. Like, at least, like, assume, like, uh, well, fucking, the fucking Mel Brooks line, hope for the best, expect the worst. The, uh, the good thing about, like, getting your heart destroyed Mm -hmm. is, like, after you survive it, you're, you don't put up as with as much bullshit, Mm -hmm. because you know that you're gonna be okay. Like, even if you really care about this person. What about over, because I feel like I overcorrected. What you, oh, like you. So, like, I had the seven year relationship end when I was 24, and then I swore off dating. Damn. And then it's like, wait a second, what am I protecting myself from? Maybe you don't want to get hurt again. Man. But, I, I mean, shit, the breakup was six years ago. Maybe you're scared to get hurt, dog. I need to get back out there, is what I'm saying. And I, also, I think that some of, like, the ghosting and shit, like, comes from, like, just wanting to be wanted. I think that's a p- big part of, like, dating is that, like, a big part of, like, the reason, like, cheating hurts is because it's like, oh, they wanted someone else, not me. And that's why I feel like a lot of people will, like, ghost because it's like, oh, well, I know they're interested in me. I'm going to end it now on my terms before okay. they can find out who I really am and find out all those lies I've been telling <laughs> <laughs> They start catching up. It is. You're not a Kennedy. I don't don't lie. I don't lie. But I definitely don't. Anything past like four or five hangouts, it's just like, ah, nah, can't do this. Too real. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I find that what happens is like I'll never be as invested in someone as someone else is. Like even if I'm like head over heels in love, it's always with an asterisk. Because I'm like, Mm -hmm. if this ends, I got to be okay. 
So I, yeah. I always keep that pinky toe on the ground. And it's like, what do you want out of life right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a big thing is, uh, you know, a relationship is going to detract from the other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Here I am just sitting here trying to justify why I can't it. <laughs> make a commitment to anybody. This is like, you know that book, uh, The Game, that's like all about picking Neil up women? Stress? You need to write a book that's called that book The Anti-Game. Yeah. That's just kind of like, here's why you should. I was, I, I was making myself laugh uh, yesterday, like just walking around the house like... Uh, it was like last year at the comedy competition at Good Nights, I heard there was this dude that like had this uh, punchline that was like, pussy smelled like roadkill. <laughs> and I laughed. So I woke up laughing the next morning at that. And so I was just walking around talking about shit smelled like a pussy scented candle. <laughs> and just the term pussy scented candle made me laugh infinitely. And uh, I don't know why I interrupted whatever you were about to say with <laughs> that dumb fucking thing. <laughs> it was just me. That's great. I mean, I was just thinking. Uh, sometimes the punchlines are just poetic. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, Shakespeare. That's yeah. what that is. It weird you go back and read like all the old Shakespeare and like it is like all, it's all like in that old language of like, oh, if this, if that with, and, but it's all about like sex and shit. Oh, yeah. I wondered. Did they like? Did they post? Did they have posters back in the day, or like? Yeah. They would paint like naked girls to get their people to their shows. Yeah, and they didn't have the FCC back then. Oh shit! Yeah, so much racism. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so we have this special part of the podcast. Uh, it's a surprise. This sounds like a trap. It is. Uh, <laughs> we ask our guests to give motivational speeches. Um. Like you're at a TED talk. Like Jason Zaremba got invited to a TED talk. Yeah. All of us are here with our phones listening. We expect to be inspired. Okay. Um, well, I uh, that dude Darren Brown that I told you about earlier. He wrote this book called Happy, which I think it's one of the best books I've ever read because it's all about like <clears throat> the history of happiness, and he talks about. Something that kind of changed my out view, um, outlook on life very much. It was like stoic philosophy, which is about like there's things you can control and things you can't control, and so much of our stress from life comes from trying to control things we can't. And the things we can control are our thoughts and our actions. And I mean, like whether you whatever you want to say about free will, but like. The, the tr- there's like truth there in that you can't control we're given one reality we can't control it except we can control our reaction to it like if you spend so much time worrying about like externals like oh shit I didn't get that promotion it's like oh well oh shit well that sucks You're if you got the promotion you'd still be the same person you'd still be the same you like this is all this is all you have so Try to focus on, like, changing your reaction to shit. Not, like, don't let shit affect you, but, like, let it affect you in a way that, I mean, it is, like, positive. Like, you talk about, like, we were talking before about, like, blaming yourself. Is like, alright, this sucks. Use it as, like, a learning moment. I like it. That's very much, uh... In, um, I wasn't done. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be great. That, that would so be good. great at a TED talk. <laughs> is like after the end of it, when people are clapping, like, shut the fuck up. I wasn't 
Come <laughs> next slide. Come dramatic up. call. Do you know what this is, people? Uh, that's like CBT or um, the. I don't know if it's trademarked, but the think, feel, act cycle. Meaning, uh, think, feel, act. Yeah, so it's a. It's like a triangle, right? And like, whatever happens, whatever external thing happens, mm-hmm. you can't control it. Yeah. What you can control mm-hmm. are your thoughts about it. Yeah. And in turn, your thoughts are going to control your emotion mm-hmm. because it's your brain chemicals doing everything. And mm-hmm. then however you feel about it will control whatever you do about yeah. it. So it's like anything. I mean, yeah. you got however you think about things, however you uh, will control however you feel about them, mm-hmm. however you feel about them will control what you end yeah. up doing. Yeah, It's also like, a, what was it? Um, happiness is reality minus expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I think that you choose to be happy. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things in life that will try to deter you from that. Mm-hmm. And I think the older I get, the more I'm like, I try to get rid of the things that I can control that don't make me happy. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it be people, things, jobs. Like if I have... If if I can control whether or not I'm exposed to the thing that makes me un- like that that pushes me towards that unhappiness, and I know I can control the unhappiness, but I feel like the you can get weight off of that. Like you can make it easier. So if you mm-hmm. hate your job, yeah, you can choose to be happy. But if you can change that, mm-hmm. then that your control you're changing something you can control. Also, we shouldn't strive to be like all happy all the time. Because, like, you have to struggle. You have True. to be uncomfortable. Like, if, if I, if, if we only tried to be comfortable, we'd never leave bed. Did y'all see that movie by Pixar with the four emotions? It's got, like, uh, Inside Out. Inside Out, yeah. I amazing, uh, amazing movie, yeah. in my opinion. It's so great. Sadness ended up being needed. Yeah. The, the little yeah. girl needed sadness. Yeah. And that scene destroyed me. That scene, I saw that in the theater with my family, and like it's just like just tears upon tears upon tears of like just like there were kids there, so I couldn't do it, but I wanted to point at the screen and go, "Fuck you, Pixar! How dare you! This hurts." Yeah, actually, boycott Pixar. Why? Because it gets me too emotional. Yeah. I don't want to open myself up to that. Not after Up. I'm not, I'm not going down that road again, Pixar. What Pixar movie did it for me? It was uh, Toy Story 3. That was just too much. My God, dude. It was way too much My emotion. I, I, like, I still haven't seen Toy Story 4, and I know I have to, but I also know that that can be the only thing I do that day. <laughs> I yeah. can't, like, you can't start your day with Toy Story 4. <laughs> I can't just be like, all right, I'll do this, and then, you know, I'll go to that open mic later, because when I go to that open mic, I'm going to be, like, just destroyed, and I'm going to be doing, I'm not even going to be doing jokes on stage. I'm just going to be doing, like, yeah, so our childhood, uh, uh, life is finite. What's the deal <laughs> with that? Who made the Brave Little Toaster? Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck you for bringing that movie up, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was, uh, who was that? That, that? was Disney, right? Is that Disney? I don't know. It, may have been Disney. it hurt. That was, yeah, that was a rough one. Yeah. That's why fuck. I feel like kids' movies are just so much better. Because, like, movies centered on adults are so wrapped up in themselves that, like, you look at a kids' movie and it's just a, a pure, good-hearted, like 
story of struggle. Yeah. And then the good guy wins. And a good guy always wins. There's no need to be all dark and edgy. There, Yeah, some kids' movies are fucking dark. Oh, what's the first movie you cried during? Mine was Pokemon. When Pikachu <laughs> kept electrocuting Ash when he was torn. Oh, to yeah. That's, that hit that's the OG off. movie, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 <sighs> Mine was Godzilla 2000 with Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. Because uh, of how bad it was? Or? <laughs> uh, my mom took me and my friend Anthony <laughs> to the theaters to see it. And when they killed Godzilla at the end, I was like, she just wanted to protect her babies. I was like nine, and I I remember leaving the theater crying. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, like, uh, it's like, yeah, Godzilla 2000, when, you know, my mom brought me to see it, and halfway through, she just turned to me and said, your dad and I are getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of Godzilla, honey. Same. I don't know if it's the first movie I cried at, but Click with Adam Sandler. That one gets me too. Yeah. That movie, it's an Adam Sandler movie, so you think, oh, this is going to be fun and dumb. But the scene where his dad dies, fucking just, I mean, I was crying ridiculously. Like, a lot. Like, that's a fucking, that's a heavy fucking scene. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's a yeah. That's actually. It's a, I, I think I, it. I would cry now if I saw it. Yeah. Cause I didn't. I saw it like as a kid, so I didn't get the weight of when he regrets everything he's done in life. Mm-hmm. But now, if I saw it now, I, I'd probably cry. So yeah. I, I'm definitely not gonna watch it. A lot. I mean, shit. A lot of his movies have that that moment in them. Eight Crazy Nights gets really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a sad fucking scene. Um, Which that movie does not hold up. I don't think it does. I haven't yeah. seen it in probably a decade, but when I, I when it. I was a kid, I fucking loved that movie. Cause first of all, Adam Sandler. Also, it's a Hanukkah movie. There's only like three Hanukkah movies, and so I was like, "Oh, this is hilarious! It's a cartoon making fart jokes and shit." And some lady with three boobs. Um, and uh, but then I watched it like a year or two ago, and I was like, "This is." terrible this is bad (laughs) i watched the whole movie i was like that was the whole movie (laughs) i think that's what makes a good movie you gotta have you gotta pull on the heartstrings Mm -hmm. a little bit just a little bit yeah even if it's an action movie listen up fast and furious no you can turn this franchise around (laughs) what is there to turn around it is a perfect franchise it is it is it's there look it started strong you had jesse's death in the first one you had, all right, skipping past Tokyo Drift. Don't you, skip past. Tokyo Drift is the best one. I'll, I'll say that right now. It was all right. But around six is where they just took any emotion, any acting, any anything out. See, Fast and Furious is an exception. They get to do whatever they want as long as it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Mm-hmm. They don't have to bend to the rules of reality. Hobbs and Shaw. Um, uh, we I still haven't that seen together. Hobbs and Shaw. We saw it together. And all I'll say is there's one point where The Rock puts a shirt on during a fight. <laughs> <laughs> he starts shirtless, stops to put a shirt on. That's the whole point of Fast and Furious. They want you to say, that's crazy, and be okay with it. You've seen 8, right? Fast and Furious 8? Uh, yeah, Fate yeah. of the Furious. Furious Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or fa- Fate, of, I don't Fate know. of the Fat and the Furious. Yeah. Yeah. 
fast and That would be very funny if, like, they, they kept doing it, and it's, like, ten years later, and everyone's just, like, older and fat, and it's a reunion called The <laughs> Fat and the Furious. Fat uh, and ferocious. I want them to take a ten-year break, Start and they're, like, all in their 50s, and someone comes, like, we need your team one more time. <laughs> just one more yeah. time. Isn't Gal Gadot in those movies? Uh, she died. Uh, well, she died. That was a number of six. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, she had to get out of that contract so she can go be Wonder Woman. It's very yeah. true because her death yeah. did not make sense, but yeah. I was here for it. it she fun. she she dies in the movie just by like strangling Palestinian <laughs> children. <laughs> they all like gang up on her. <laughs> That'd be one way to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what do you want to leave the people with? Like uh, her. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll be moved, but this should come out. Uh, closer to February, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'll be in Atlanta. When the, yeah, cameras. I'll be in Atlanta. I'm gonna be moving um, January fifth. Really looking forward to it. I can tell my life's about to suck. Okay. Atlanta's lit. But I'm excited. Let's yeah. talk about that real quick. Like I know we're towards <laughs> the end, but we didn't even talk talk about the fact that you're moving. Like, what yeah. does that feel like? It feels. Um, it's interesting because, like, I, I, I've always, like, kind of had this, like, attitude towards, like, self-improvement and trying to get to, like, the next chapter and, like, you know, learn and improve. And now it's literally, like, there's, like, a new chat, like, a new season is about to start with, like, me moving to, like, a different, this is, I think, the first, this is the first time I've actually moved out of state. And so I'm going to be down there, I'm going to be sitting in traffic for a majority of my life, but I'm going to be doing new open mics i'm gonna be meeting new people i'm gonna be trying to work on my set that's one nice thing about like moving for comedy is that like constantly there when you're doing comedy there's this stress to like write new jokes and everything the past couple weeks i haven't felt any stress i just get to go to atlanta and coast on my fucking greatest hits yeah. until <laughs> i run out of those and then i have to write new jokes but yeah, I'm excited for it. It's going to be great. Tank's down there. We're going to go to uh, Mike's and shit together. I saw him. I went down there a couple months ago, and I saw him open up with Theo Vaughn at the Tabernacle. Yeah, saw that shit, dude. Holy shit, man. That place was huge. Fucking awesome. 2,000 people. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. From what I've seen, there's a lot of great comics down there. I've met a few at festivals, and... Uh, Kathleen's down there. Who else is down there? Ngozi. Yeah, I think Ngozi's, Ngozi's down, down there. there too. Uh, I just saw him. Uh, I think he's doing some sketch stuff now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like movie reviews and yeah. shit. Yeah, I really like those. And then also, I think uh, I think Reed said something about maybe moving down there. Oh. I don't know. It's always interesting to me. Like, just being around for five years now, seeing who eventually makes a... Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a similar, like, graduating class type thing. Mm-hmm. Every yeah, year, three yeah. to six people take off, and it's yeah. like, I wonder who the next crop is going to be. Yeah. I know Mellow's taking off. Yeah, Mellow's taking off, so. Yeah, that's a lot of people gone. I just want to encourage everybody to leave. So that you get more spots? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out. Yeah. I encourage everyone to... Follow their dreams, unless your dream is to, like, be a serial killer or something. Yeah, that's not... Or be president and you're racist, but other also than that... Yeah. I mean, why limit it? Like, I feel like... <laughs> 
it's not the racist fault for applying to be president. It's the people's fault for electing them. I want to be the first alcoholic president. There, <laughs> you are far from the first alcoholic president. <laughs> yeah, like, Openly alcoholic who relapses at the correspondence dinner because <laughs> I get too angry at Michelle. George Washington Walden. spent, I think it was like a quarter of his presidential salary on alcohol. <laughs> I smoke crack at the correspondence dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be the shit. That's we. That's the next logical step for us as a country. It's like not to like elect Bernie and fix everything. Fuck that. We need like a fucking we need a homeless president. <laughs> yeah, we need someone to come in and just wreck everything. We like, need King Ralph. We want King Ralph to be the Is next that a recess? Person. King Ralph. No, that was a movie with like John Goodman. Oh, I don't think I don't even remember that. the plot specifically. I just remember it. Being like, oh, here's this guy who's now he's king. Oh, like, what <laughs> wacky adventures! Or I'm trying to think, there's got to be some Sinbad movie. It sounds like something that's up Sinbad's alley. Yeah. Uh, has Chris Rock been president? Head Did of he state. Make a movie? Head yeah. of state. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Okay. A great movie. That's how Tracy Morgan's in it. Oh God. Yeah. Who is ins- so goddamn funny? Maybe it was another podcast. Maybe it was this podcast. But we were talking about how. Somebody was talking about how movies used to show that, like, it was in the future. Like, if a, if a movie came out in the 90s and it was set in the future, there would be a black president. Yeah. Like, that's how they... Yeah. And then, like, so it's like now Hollywood movies, uh, you're seeing women presidents mm-hmm. yeah. to be, like, set in 2026. Yeah. It's like it... Well, what's funny about that is that, like, whenever there is, like, a movie that's, like, set in the future, it's always some sort of, like, dystopian fucking thing. So you got that and a woman president. We're not supposed to connect those two dots. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is what's going to happen. Well, I don't know. I don't think, uh, because back in the 90s, I think, I don't know. And now I just got canceled. Yeah, you did. (laughs) I'm the only one safe. Okay, so I interrupted you when you were uh, leaving the people with uh, your final statements because we found out you were moving. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, fucking moving. I'm excited. I can't wait because I'm just going to be doing open mics, open mics, open mics, open mics, open mics, open mics, open mics. Like, that's... Because, like, living here, I've still got, like, like non-comedy things. Like, I've got, like, family and everything up here. But in Atlanta... Comedy has to be, like, the only thing going on. Like, work and then just comedy. So, I'm going to be on your level where it's like, I'm not dating because I got comedy. Comedy, That's all you want. Comedy is the wife. Ride or die comedy. She'll never leave you. Until ten years later when it doesn't work out and I'm a booker. But. (laughs) That's the gamble. That's That's the gamble. gamble. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a healthy way to look at things. You've dated. Do you ever get? Do you ever feel feel the pull away from comedy? I do, but I also think I think um, balance is very healthy. Like I, I I think this preach of like only doing one thing the entire time, mm-hmm. uh, you can get burnt out. I think it, yeah. it I think it takes uh, extreme will. And then if you go on, what's, what's like the hierarchy of needs? Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah. It like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it like has like people who like achieve their dreams and like can work on creativity. It's because mm-hmm. those bottom layers are filled, mm-hmm. which is like relationship. Maybe you can get in intimacy and then from like a friend and then get sex from Tinder and you can fulfill those needs. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I, I don't know. I think the hierarchy of needs are important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, like, you need to have more going on than comedy, because yeah. then what are you going to write about? Exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you have any social media, anything to plug? Yeah, I am on Facebook at my full name. Feel free to add me, I guess. Uh, and then on Instagram and Twitter, at Jason Z Comedy. Um, sometimes I upload, like, I drop comic strips. Um, I see those. Yeah, I uh, have a separate page for that called at Blenderhead Comics. But I, for some reason, can't log into that page. So there's really nothing new on there. But if you like to have a laugh at stuff I drew like a year ago, then go, you know, follow, give that a follow. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Andrew Gleason NC. You can follow 8 Humor in Mistakes on Instagram at humor.in.mistakes. Find us on YouTube, HS2 Comedy. Uh, you can find me on I Keep It McReal. On Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok, and then uh, what else? That's it. You know. Oh what? yeah, if anyone in Atlanta is uh, hiring, <laughs> hire Jason. Hire me. I could use a job. I have three years' experience in medical coding, so please, I could use a job. But don't listen to the first part of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. if you, <laughs> no, lo- oh, fast forward to however many minutes we are into it and then hire me. And we out. Thank you for listening to the podcast all the way through. If you've enjoyed this, please like and subscribe. Or just let us know what we can do to improve your listening experience. Thank you, little mistakers. <laughs>